Welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we're going to get caught up on some news. We're going to talk about some recent acquisitions, and we got a couple other things to talk about as well. One of the things we've got to talk about is Jaron has returned to the show. We missed you while you were gone. I, I missed all of you, and, and I will miss sleep for the foreseeable future. Um, her name is Willow, Willow Jewel, mm-hmm. uh, and she's actually my most behaved of my five children already. Like, she actually sleeps. All of my other children have been nightmares when they were little bitty babies, like, didn't sleep, didn't want to be held, just very crazy, um, and she actually sleeps, so it's great. She wakes up, you give her a bottle, hang out with her for a minute, put her right back to sleep. Is, uh, did you name her Willow Jewel to celebrate both your favorite Disney property and your favorite 90s alternative female artist? Exactly. You nailed it. I, I, I never doubted you for a moment. I knew it. All right. So we got uh, We basically got to catch up on the entire month of June. And since June was Yojo June, there's plenty on our plate. So let's dive straight into it and let's get caught up on some of these classified figures. All right. So now at the culmination of June, it looks like we've got 10 figure reveals that are so early on that we don't even have digital renderings of them at this point. Uh, so we're going to run down that list real quick and just share any brief or short thoughts we have about the, the you know the upcoming designs for these figures. I'll start at the bottom and work our way up. First set that I have on my list is Shipwreck and Rock and Roll. We were talking offline a little bit about how you would like to see a Shipwreck kind of similar to the Dollar General years. It's kind of more like the um, Devil's Due era, kind of like with the cap and the... I don't know what you would call that kind of like dressed down Navy gear. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see a traditional V1 inspired shipwreck. Um, and I'm sure that's what this will be. But I hope eventually we do get like a someone who looks like he's more ready to take on a real mission as opposed to like, I'm going to sit up here and I'm going to look cool. Yeah, uh, I think that's a nice sentiment. And I think that would be, uh, be a good figure. But I'm going to say based on the what we've seen up to this point, especially recently, that this will probably be a pretty faithful V1 shipwreck. He'll be in the old classic sailor gear. We know he comes with a poly, but we haven't seen that poly or don't know anything about it. Talk to me a little bit about that, the freedom that comes with Spirit. Is he a completely static figure? No, he's actually great. He's phenomenal. If you cut to my camera feed, you will see, and I don't know how well it's going to come across, but his head moves up, down left right kind of rotates and his wings he's got two sets i've got the more static looking wings Mm -hmm. um, but they rotate his feet move around um, his legs forward back so he's actually got quite a bit of posability but with the uh, other set of wings they're more like spread out like he's flying Um, actually i'm really excited to see what they do with more of these little guys because i know people are talking about his his blank-eyed stare (laughs) <laughs> if you don't just leave people guessing but uh, uh, <laughs> um, i actually love these like i love the fact that they didn't just give us a static i mean i still would have liked it if it was um but similar like fiona with croc master timber with snake eyes they actually put work into making him a character instead of just a, a piece of plastic yeah i hope they make Polly at least somewhat articulated, but I have a feeling that it probably won't be. It will probably just be like a little clip-on deal. Polly is a lot more of an accessory than I think a lot of pets that come with G.I. Joe's are. I mean, 
I know in the cartoon, he's practically the best member they've got, it seems like. But uh, I get the vibe that they're pro- he's probably not going to have a lot of functionality just based on the animals I've seen thus far. I'm also hopeful that they kind of pull a Lady J with this shipwreck and that he has like kind of the hair with the hat. And then you could take that off and maybe put on a different hairstyle by itself. Mm. Um, I think that would be a a really good look. I've always, I always am kind of bothered by vintage era figures that are, that have hats on or helmets even worse permanently. So that's something that I would like to see kind of go away with this wave is that you're not tethered to like that barbecue, for example, that helmet should either have come off or come with an interchangeable head. I just don't really feel like that's, I feel like it's kind of lazy to not do that at this point. I would love to have seen a barbecue with an alternate head. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, uh, as far as the rock and roll goes, I can only assume based on the what we've seen to this point, and I'm using Breaker, of course, as a guide here, that we'll, this will be a pretty straightforward V1 rock and roll. It will probably reuse tons and tons of parts, or if it doesn't, you will be seeing parts that will get tons and tons of reuse. Makes the most sense when you're making a very literal translation of a V1 figure, and all of the V1 figures basically were sharing body parts across the board. Uh, once you make it, if you wanted to continue to be authentic, you know, you make one chest plate for a V1 character, you've basically made three because there are very few unique uh, early G.I. Joes. They're all kind of sharing parts for with somebody. We had talked about it previously. I think you could give us that exact same body and just change kind of the kit that he comes with. Give him some bandoliers, um, maybe a little bit less than what Breaker has, like a little bit uh, more streamlined and then put the bandoliers over that. Um, and I think I'd be perfectly happy with it. Like, I'm not going to complain about body mold being the same on, on any of those figures. Next two figures that are on the release list is uh, Torpedo and Copperhead. Pretty similar sentiment here. I think we're probably going to be looking at another straight V1 Torpedo and another straight V1 Copperhead. And my only real issue is, these you know, these are two guys that wear helmets or masks. So I'm going to reiterate, I would like to be able to see them without their mask if at all possible. It doesn't make sense for Torpedo to be wearing his, you know, his wetsuit nonstop 24-7. Same thing with, like, flippers. I can't imagine they would do this in this day and age, but don't you dare make those feet permanently flippers. That would be <laughs> very frustrating for me. <clears throat> and then on the Copperhead, uh, same same idea. I'd like to have a helmet that's removable or, worst case scenario, an alternate head. I know we don't see a lot of Copperhead unmasked other than the club-exclusive figure. I can't ever recall a time where he has got, you know, you see him without his helmet. So, you know, if they wanted to be like, eh, don't worry about it. Nobody really knows what he looks like anyway. This would, I would stress this less. Uh, I hope that they give us, I hope that they kind of really overdo Torpedo. I know it's probably not going to happen, but if they gave us almost like a deluxe figure of him where he has his water outfit, but then they give him kind of like a, a dry kit. So mm-hmm. um, maybe for functionality when he's not in the water. Um, I think that'd be really cool. But if not, just like you said, don't make it to where he is so only usable in water um, because that would kind of be really a bummer. Um, And then Copperhead, just go out with the colors. Don't mute them. I want to see those colors in full. I want to see it bright and crazy. Next two figures uh, that we have on the list are Snowjob and Tunnel Rat. Now, I'm going to take another educated guess based on the verbiage used when describing this but i i think that Snowjob is but is going to be another one of those deluxe figures like kamakuri is like dr mindbender is i think that's going to be a, a pretty big standard going forward is they're going to continue to pick a figure maybe per wave and like basically max it out they're looking for a way to 
make more money, you know, without having to sh- make another figure. So I think the deluxe figures are here to stay. And I think based on how they talked about all the stuff he was coming with, that a deluxe figure is like the no nonsense approach to that. And that's fine. As long as I can take his helmet off or his little, like <laughs> his little like parka thing. So I can see his regular unmasked face again, really one of the only things that I care about when it comes to stuff like that. Now, tunnel right on the other hand, a figure that basically just has like a do rag and, and, you know, face paint. Um, as long as they stick to the regular, you know, version of that, I'm totally fine with it. I would actually be fine with a couple of different variations of Tunnel Rat, but I get the inkling that they're just going to stick with the tried to true. The only real question is, what will Tunnel Rat's real face look like? Because we've seen so many dramatically different approaches to how he looks, from the figures to the cartoon to later cartoons like Renegades, which really reimagined him. I'm curious if they'll, you know, you know, Tunnel Rat's supposed to kind of be roughly based on Larry. And so I, I make him look like Larry. Uh, that would be fine with me. Just, you know, his head mold is out there being used by Fresh Monkey Fiction. I don't see why they couldn't get some kind of permission to at least do it. Well, I do know that they said, have said at one point that they would prefer to not do actual likenesses. But I think in this one case, it would probably be okay to look the other way for Larry. If not, it, I would like him to look as close to the, his V1 face as possible. Or in the cartoon, you could probably get a little bit more detail out of that. You've made me believe that it's going to be deluxe, but how cool would it be is if they gave us a Breaker-esque version? So it's him with like the polar battle bear or something like that. I think that would be awesome. I doubt it's going to happen, but I think it would be a really cool way to keep that alive. Because as far as I know, other v- other characters we've talked about i don't know anything else that would count that could make sense with something of that size similar to breaker breaker with the ram or baroness with the coil um and i want to see more of that i love those little bikes or little small vehicles um and then as for tunnel rat i think he would be really cool um i don't care what version i i don't think there's a version i've seen that i don't like you you know you said they don't want to do likenesses but it's not like this is star wars or marvel where you're having to pay a bunch for a bunch of likenesses for every single figure so just do it for larry we're at the point we're gonna be you know ro300s coming up like it's time we celebrated the 40th anniversary Let's do it, go all out, um, and then give him his little flashlights on his backpack. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I wonder if he'll have that huge honking backpack like the V1 does. That thing is... Just go crazy. Make them actually light up. <laughs> Sonic Fighters, Tunnel Rat, here we yeah. come. Yeah. Uh, all right, Last next two figures on the list are Scrap Iron and Grunt. I have very similar feelings about this Scrap Iron, a character that you know came with a huge honking rocket launcher which was a very large accessory as a child compared to a lot of the little bibs and bobs you would get with your regular figure. So I'm also not going to rule out the possibility that Scrap Iron would be a deluxe figure and that he would come with maybe, I don't know, whatever a modernized version of this rocket launcher, that two rocket launcher pack would be now. Maybe, I don't know, he could have some kind of surface to air missile or maybe they'll even pull a metal head and they'll give him something he can wear like on his backpack and launch from there. The Grunt you know, the grunt just got was one of the last air quotes retro figures that came out. So I think we've probably seen pretty closely what the formula will look like. I don't, I, you know, they made that grunt look very similar to a V1 with some minor modifications. I think this grunt will be the same. It'll, you know, just like rock and roll and just like breaker. I think they're going to stick to their guns on these OG 13 guys and make them look, you know what i i hate to say it but pretty bland comparatively to some of the other more attractive figures and i guess that's probably why they're spacing them out a little bit between waves but regardless i mean 
Grunt and Breaker both were not figures that we got multiple versions of over the years. Grunt especially has gotten overlooked in the last decade or so. It's why it was so surprising to see the retro release. So I hope they do it right. I will say this. The one complaint I have about that retro figure that they need to address in the classified figure is his head mold. His head mold looks very bad. Not uh, V2 grunt <laughs> bad, which looks like he's in being tortured in a nightmare realm. But uh, it just needs to look a little bit more like a normal human soldier. This, uh, every time they make a grunt face, he looks a little bit like a synthoid or something. I think for Scrap Iron, I think it would be really cool if you gave him some kind of launcher. I think it's just so baked into that character. Um, I, th- you know, I think it would be almost a disservice to just give him like a regular kit. Um, as for Grunt, I would love to see them kind of lean into an army army builder for him, for Joe. You know, that's not something that is very really in there. You know, I doubt they'll make a green shirt. Um, so maybe giving him with, like, multiple different kits, maybe a long rifle, short rifle, a couple different pistols that could fit into his holster. Um, I think that would be really cool as, like, a, hey, look, we know you guys are going to be, you guys want something like this. So give him a standard head peg so that you can switch between Black Series, Legends, whatever, or custom head molds. Um, just make it really easy for us to customize. I think that would be great. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people use that breaker mold to do customs and make kind of your standard. But if you can get one at a regular way at the $25 price point, it's just going to be a lot more accessible for people to do that. And I think it'd be great. I would buy quite a few of them. I would have one grunt, give him the best kit, and then buy a couple and then switch heads and give him like, this is the crew. This is the, the green shirts. Yeah, I, th- I would like to see that as well. Heck, if they make it through four or five of the original Joes, you can almost make the rest of them regardless if they make them or not. True. I, I would hate for it to come to that, but at least you would have a pretty easy route to get there. Speaking of green shirts, I think, you know, we've seen we've seen Cobra Vipers, Cobra Bats, Cobra Crimson Guards are coming. We've also got those two blue Ninja Vipers and the Red mm-hmm. Ninjas. So I think I'm seeing some kind of generic trooper, either a green shirt whatever they would, they don't probably won't call it a green shirt or maybe a revival of uh, steel brigade. Now, you know, they're called steel battalion. The last time we saw them since they don't own the rights to it anymore. I think one of those two like troop builder types is gotta be in the works at some point. The logistics there are people aren't going to buy five barbecues, but they've seen, I'm sure that they'll buy any troop builders go or have been crazy. Alley Vipers bats, you know, all of those have been like a mad rush or, you know, the hardcore collectors see them and can just will continue to buy them without having the stopping power to go, you know, I need to stop at five or 10 or 15 or whatever. <laughs> they just continue to buy them wherever they go. So making a Joe version of that, I think is a no brainer. I think we will see something like that. It might not even be in 2023, but because we have such a, an advanced look at what's going on, but I do think that I think that's something that we'll see sooner rather than later. All right, and that leaves the last two. These are the figures that were revealed at the uh, round table that just happened. That's Firefly and Ripper. So not a lot of thought has to go into this Firefly because we have seen a Firefly. It's it's they're clearly going to go back and make a more authentically V one Firefly, which is great. I think that Firefly has some issues. I don't care if they want to push some stuff forward and modernize some figures. I just that particular one just didn't do it for me it happens i'm not even saying it's a bad figure i'm just saying it doesn't appeal to me personally and i think that there are other collectors that kind of were like eh. and the further we get into this like retro reawakening the retroverse where all classified figures really do look as close to the originals as they could possibly make them 
again, I think that's pretty much solidifies that this Firefly will be kind of back to basics, much more slimmed down, a lot, a lot less like blast gear and a little bit more emphasis on the stealth. And that's fine. I'm happy with that. They basically came right out and said, hey, it's not the green and gray one or green and black one. Uh, so what other version could you possibly be referring to other than the original V1? And then Ripper, I, this is a figure that I, you know, I think everybody was kind of wondering when the regular Dreadnoughts would start. You know, we've got a Zartan. There's a Zorana basically knocking at our door. It's time to kind of flesh out the rest of the troops. I mean, we do still need a Xandar. But, of course, he gets forgotten, like his actual character does. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised. Ripper of the, you know, the three... There's three basic Dreadnoughts. The three the three original Dreadnoughts are Buzzer, Ripper, and Torch. And of those three, I probably would have picked Ripper the last, only because he has the kind of the least interesting weapon. Like, Buzzer's got a chainsaw. Very cool. Nobody else really <laughs> is packing that. Torch has got a flamethrower. Was also, you know, pretty early on, there wasn't a lot of that going on. And then Ripper's just got, like... A gun with like a weird spiky bayonet thing on the end. And then he comes with the little drilling tool that construction workers use when they're breaking up New York City. <laughs> That's barely a weapon, <laughs> regardless of whose hands it's in. But, you know, that's fine. I do. I mean, I want them all. I'm just kind of surprised that they started with this one. Um, I do want to point out that, they, that Lenny said on that roundtable, this is a whole new Firefly. They're not reusing parts. This is 100% original so i think that'll be cool to see i think a more faithful representation of one-to-one is what a lot of people like i like the uh firefly that's been released uh the only problem i have with it is that it's hard harder to pose because of how big his body armor is but i loved the drone the kit that he gave him the little tablet i thought it was cool i actually probably one of the ones that i as i go back to i really enjoy it every time i use it so uh I didn't need one, but I know that there are people out there clamoring for it, and I'll buy it and enjoy it all the same, and it'll just be interchangeable for me on which one I use. So that's the figure recap. That's everything that we know is is been revealed and is coming. I assume we will begin to see digital renders of those probably you know around the end of the year. We're pretty far out in terms of what's coming out, what's going to be coming out, and what's in the still in the early design phases. I mean, we're well into 2023 at this point. So anything that surprises you at this point is uh, <laughs> is <laughs> only going to surprise you for a while because you're going to be sitting on the thought of it for quite a bit. That's not a factor in also that they there were some uh, discarded production samples for what we believe are a Sepentor that's coming soon. We saw a head mold and a couple other body parts and... I mean, just like when that Alley Viper prototype stuff was found, I'm not really skeptical of that stuff anymore. It seems like it's a lock. It would be a lot of hard work to fabricate something like this, in my opinion. So I do think that there is a Serpentor in the works and that it'll probably be announced at some point in the near future. And I would be shocked if he doesn't come with the, the little air chariot. It's such a definitive characteristic of him. I can't imagine leaving it out. Maybe if we don't see the polar battle bear with snow job, it might be because they've already got this planned with the air chariot and they don't want to go overboard with vehicles too much too fast. You know, Baroness sold really, really well because it was Baroness. But I think if it had been another character or a character that was already released, nobody was buying that for the bike. You know what I mean? Everybody was buying it just for the figure. So I think they learned their lesson there to be a little bit more cautious about what they're pumping out vehicle wise because that's a lot of plastic. They can't get it out the door. Speaking of roundtable reveals, we are honored that Hasbro would ask us 
to attend their most recent roundtable. It's the first time we've ever been invited to the big kids table to talk and interact <laughs> with them. And I think I speak for both of us when I say that we were humbled to be part of the conversation as two people that have, you know, we've just celebrated our two year anniversary and we've always had realistic expectations of what our place in the community would be based on so many, our other better and much more well-established shows. So just to be included at all is, was a big honor for us and we really appreciate it. I can't imagine Hasbro listens to our show, uh, but I feel like if they were, it's going to be the one that where we are definitely talking about them, which is this one. So I want to be real clear that we are <laughs> so very gracious that that we were to be included, and um, I hope we I hope we did a good job as like newfound reporters on the field. But very exciting. So let's get into this roundtable. I'll be up front and say that if you have interest in seeing the roundtable in its entirety and seeing all the participants, Chris at the Full Force has already you know, edited, posted, and done a superior job to whatever I could do. And the entire content, including you know Jaren's part, is there in its entirety to be viewed. This is more like a Cliff Notes version if you don't want to watch the entire 90-minute presentation. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of bullet points that stuck with me, and we'll talk about them. Jaren, I guess I should probably let you lead this conversation <laughs> since you were there and led that conversation, and then I'll maybe interject a little bit with some stuff that I thought was interesting to me as well. Do you want to start with the your first talking point? Um, yeah, before I do start, I do want to just reiterate how awesome it was to be a part of it. I mean, there were some really phenomenal creators that were invited, and for us to be included, it felt like the 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 little brother that finally got to hear the family business. Like, just come on, just come enjoy. And uh, so it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, every person that I talked to, the people on the roundtable, and then the people dealing with to set it up, um, there were a few individuals that I spoke with that were just absolutely phenomenal. They were really, they just, they went out of their way to make us feel welcome. So thanks for that. When we got invited to the roundtable and we were trying to workshop on how I was going to make this work, uh, how me and Greg were going to make this work, who was going, all that, we were also workshopping some ideas for questions. And something we came up with was, and something that I think a lot of people were wondering, um, was kind of the price point. Do you go into a HasLab working with, hey, we're going to try to hit this price point and then just pack it full of all the unlocks while also, you know, factoring everything, production prices and everything in? Or do you go in and you kind of just build it and see where you can get it? So I got to admit that I'm kind of the person that that planned out this question. And my thought process behind it was simply that I wanted to know, do they go, we need to sell something that's $300. Let's build $300 worth of his tank. Or do they build it and then go, this is the best thing we could possibly do. How much does, how much do you think it'll cost at this price point? I want to play their response in its entirety. And then we'll kind of, we'll break that down just a little bit. It's great to finally get with you guys. It's been phenomenal to see how you have, uh, kind of joined the brand and ushered in a new era of Joe. It's been phenomenal. Um, I guess going along with the HasLab, this being the first Joe HasLab, um, I know that the, the HasLab team's been very busy doing other things. It's been the first classified, sorry, HasLab. Mm. Do you guys go into it with a price point in mind and think, okay, well, how packed in can we get this? How How many things can we do with this price point in mind? Or do you go into it with a let's design this crazy cool thing and we'll work out numbers and kind of go from there. 
Yeah, I think that we went into this with a little bit of both as a mindset. So, you know, the like when Unicron came out and when the sale barge came out, like those were enormous items with huge price tags. But those those lines had established collectors who there were items that weren't necessarily that high of price point, but they had kind of tested the waters to see like, okay, these Transformers collectors, Star Wars collectors will buy those two $300 items if they are dream items. Mm-hmm. We've classified series because we are such a baby line. We don't have anything like that, guys. Yeah. Like this is, so this was something that was totally new to us. So we wanted to make sure that for classified, we weren't going out of like, our first, our first foray into this was not like a $500, $600, like, <laughs> gigantic spectacular sort of thing we wanted to keep it a little bit more reasonable and especially considering that his tanks are first and foremost troop builder vehicles we didn't want it to be it is expensive i will admit but it's not prohibitively expensive it's not like saying one of these will be a thousand dollars but if you want your army it's really going to be five thousand dollars you know and so i think that keeping that kind of price point in mind we were able to kind of think about what size vehicles we'd be able to scale up at that price point to make them to be able to make them in a way that felt purposeful and beautiful and detailed we didn't want to half-ass anything I guess if for lack of a better term sorry Whitney for saying that but like I think that it's we wanted to make sure that we were proud of the work that we were doing and that we felt good about this and that we thought that all of you in the Joe community would also feel good about this does that seem okay Lenny it seems right on the money he basic they basically said it was a little bit of both, but they did definitely key in on like at one point it was gonna be like six, seven hundred dollars because they had to cut something. And I think that was RC. I, I think, in my mind, I think it was gonna be remote control. Oh really? That's very interesting. I had He mentions and if if you listen back, he mentions what are people going to do with this? You know, with he said we know what people were going to do with the um what was a Colossus the Sentinel. Sentinel. That's what it was. He was like, we know what they're going to... But what are they going to do with this? And in my mind, it led to me thinking, oh, crap, they were going to do, like, RC or something. Like, they wanted to they wanted to give it something, um, but, they, you know, the price point was just unattainable. Yeah, I, you know, it is interesting to, to think that they designed, uh, you know, potentially double what we were going to cost and there's a couple of points that i can kind of sum up that they talk about as well that are all extremely valid the first is that this is the first classified has they were doing they still don't have a real good thumb on what the collector's market for stuff like this is you've never done one you have no idea at what people's reactions are going to be which is valid and so they basically were like we're, we we designed it probably more expensive than it should have been. We whittled it down essentially to be this more aggressive price point uh, as a test, and obviously you know that test was extremely successful. And that's just kind of how the way it had to be. We, in order for this for the Haslab project and classified partnership to be successful, we it had to be <laughs> successful, and so. They set it lower, and they also, you know, they talk a bit about Star Wars. They go, Star Wars has got a dedicated, lifelong community of hardcore collectors that will shell out for Jabba's Barge or Luke's Video Game Palace. I don't know. <laughs> any, I, can't, I can't name any Star Wars places. 
You know, well, and something they did mention in that same breath was that even in even in those Haslabs, there was stuff in that scale that worked. There's nothing in that scale for classified now, except for a RAM cycle, but it's not the same. You know, with the Java sail barge, you had the small skiffs. You have um, you have your um, Luke's land speeder. You have your you know. There's all these other vintage collection sized things that are already out into the market so you know that hey there's people that are buying this stuff whereas with a classified that's not you don't know the the type of collector they might all be you know topping out at a hundred dollars or whatever you know um so i think it was i think they absolutely knocked it out of the park especially now as you see the the stretch goals unlocked we've seen three of them there's one more to be revealed um, so, I mean, I just think it's something that's impressive for them to go in without knowing. And I think they really hit a good price point. It's a good play. And it makes sense from a business perspective. It doesn't hurt us that our first HasLab is slightly smaller than the normal $500 plus HasLabs that they break out. And if anything, it did give us a chance to be like, hey, we're serious. And we're going to show you exactly how serious we are. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's good all across the board. Even if you're not on, on board with this or you don't want the His Tank, it is still means only good things for the future of the line. The next HasLab will certainly be bigger and badder. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that, that once this is fulfilled, it's a done deal. Another thing I do want to point out is that Emily mentioned at one point, like, uh, and you had kind of talked about how successful this being will help the line in the long run. And she even mentioned that, like, being able to go to their bosses, because I think a lot of us as collectors forget about even though, you know, Emily is the, the product manager or, you know, even though these are the guys in charge of this brand, they have someone who they have to get to say yes to. Um, so they have to take that. So we're giving them tangible feedback of the G.I. Joe community is hungry for this type of thing. So now they can take that and go to their bosses or, you know, their seniors and, and go, hey, th- the community is hungry. Let's let's go out. So that also that shows, hey, there's G.I. Joe collectors out there. Let's go ahead and prioritize. You know, they've had all of this market research basically from these other lines, from the Marvel Legends, from the Black Series, from that for so long that they know that there's a giant group of collectors. This is kind of our first real big foray into this is exactly how hungry we are. So make some more product and get it in, in onto the shelf for them. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the other added value that comes with this. We've seen, at the time of this recording, we've seen three of the unlocks to this point. We've got, first of all, it comes with a driver automatically. And there was an early incentive stretch reward that would unlock a Ron Rudat designed uh, His Tactician, I believe is the correct term for this character. And that has already been fulfilled. Obviously, they blew through all that. And just to be absolutely clear, even though that was a early reward system, every person that pledges before the end of the campaign will get that figure. And you will get that with the amount of his tanks. If you have five his tanks, you get five figures. Right. It's for every his tank order, you'll also get a tactician. That's two figures right away. Oh, but they just announced the third figure. It's the female his tank gunner. So that right there at a, you know, at an MSRP of $24.99, at $75 of figures that you're getting. And I do think that that takes an awful lot of the sting out of the $300 price point. When you subtract that, it becomes a much more reasonable, a much more reasonable goal. All the figures that are included are going to be uniquely numbered. So if you're the kind of guy that's collecting by number, you will miss a number if you don't get these. 
The second add-on is like the retro conversion, which I'm going to just come right out and say was pretty poorly received by the public. And I am sympathetic to both sides. Uh, the From a development standpoint, you are making a line that is as rigorously faithful to the original stuff as it can be, because that seems to be what the vast majority is wanting. So when you make a variation on the his tank, which I love, by the way, the like red glow of the is a huge improvement. I'll one of the probably the biggest negative to the retro design is that I don't see myself ever using it because I like the way it looks right now quite a bit. But if you're a stickler for it, this was included and it will allow you to kind of modify it to look even more like the original than it looks right now. And then uh, the third unlock, of course, was that his gunner. And I think, was there anything else that was included with that? The His Gunner also had a forward-mounted turret under the nose where the light is, and it had two uh, two extra guns for the turret, so two small arms. Um, looked like little miniguns, basically, which are really cool and add variety. I think that His... I think that his gunner is probably going to be my favorite figure from the his tank. Yeah, and you know we've still got another unlock getting ready to pop up, and I guess if we keep climbing like this, they will potentially add more. There's been some discussion regarding whether or not there will be anything beyond the fourth, as that's kind of the standard. But maybe because this is accelerating so quickly, they you know they'll they might scrape together something else to put on. Regardless, if you're out there holding out for like an SMS or something to attach to that tow cable, I think that I think that barge has sailed. I'm thinking we have a small hope. I'm thinking we have a small hope. I just want to. I, I mean, I don't know anything, but I just I know that they pointed that out in the in the uh, reveal, and I just can't imagine them coming back later and being like, here's this MMS just on its own, and if you didn't back this HasLab, you have no hope of really having a use for it. So, ha, sucks to suck. That's the only reason I think there's a hope. So we'll we'll see what the fourth unlock is. I have a feeling it's probably coming up sooner rather than later. Maybe even As of recording, we're at 13,300. Yeah, I have a feeling it will be out. Maybe even by the time this episode releases, I'd say that they're, you know, they're getting pretty hot and heavy with it. I think they're going to keep, keep that ball moving as long as they can. I think showing the gunner did put a lot of people back on track. I think the retro thing slowed things down a bit. Now they're back before we move away from the his tank. I guess I should have asked, did, did you back the his tank? I did. And if I may, I have one more thing to say about the his tank before we can move on. Sure. Uh, the goal wing doors, I am so glad that Lenny fought to keep it in. I love the idea of the goal wing doors. I know they are not, they're very hit or miss for people. I just think it's so cool. I think it'll look so cool when you pose it. So I, I also backed it because I, 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 I mean, it is a lot of money. I, I kind of knew in my heart I'm going to get it. I pretty much yeah. get everything, but I, I was not too eager to pull that trigger with so many other things popping off simultaneously okay yeah the only other thing i want to talk about in this kind of in this section before we move on to the other talking point from our round table is the there i'm going to play a clip right now where uh lenny and emily talk about the potential of having a hazlab uss flag I love people's enthusiasm for USS flags. I really do. <laughs> but like a classified flag, we did some numbers. It would be like 20 feet long and I could stand inside of it. That is not reasonable. That is like a tiny house. Yeah, and- we ran the numbers on a, on a basic one. Like not basic, an original one. And like 
Dude, inflation, <laughs> like not even not even current inflation, not even this crazy world we live in. Before that, we had run some numbers on it, and it's like, it's not 1983 anymore. Like it, it doesn't pass any current QA standards. We'd have to redesign it from the ground up to make sure that if you stepped in the middle of it, the whole thing wouldn't collapse. You, you have know? to be able to surf on it. <laughs> yeah, which could also be fun. So the only reason I've included this clip is because it's something that comes up a lot. People, I, I, you know, often jokingly are like, why don't you guys make a flag? We want a flag. Please bring us a flag. And I think it's best summed up. First of all, I just want to say full credit that if I worked at Hasbro and I was a product lad, I would have never even looked into it. You guys all know the price of plastic is out of control. It can't be. These days are gone, man. The six and a half foot playset is practically fiction. You know, it just... It just can't be done the way it used to be. The concept of just buying an original flag, scanning it and reissuing it is still a preposterously expensive idea. And if anything, we've just now learned that the classified series has way more power than either of any of the other stuff that's coming out. The O-ring line, something that fans have asked for for years, you know, just I, they didn't. I won't say the Sky Striker underperformed. It just didn't like special its goals. And it's not even coming close, in my opinion, to this level of performance on the His Tank. So I, I just wanted to include that in there. It's something that is talked about a lot, and people often wonder, like, why? And it's certainly rare that we hear definitively from the source, this is why we can't do it, guys. We And we looked into it. We tried to do it for you guys, but the price of plastic isn't what it used to be. And I, I get it. I think most level-headed collectors know, hey, it's too much. So let's talk about the other thing that we got to talk about on the on the roundtable. Um, so another thing I wanted to mention was just the different scales. You know, we the Joe branding has kind of evolved, I guess I should say. Um, and we were originally getting six inch along with four inch with the the Walmart retro series, and now we're back to three and three quarter with O ring. Um, and I just kind of wanted to ask them, hey, is is there any hope for the four inch coming back, or even maybe, hey, some specialty twelve inch? You know, Emily had made a joke earlier in the in the roundtable about it being, you know, it is a fashion brand or it was a fashion brand, um, but you know, having the different outfits and things. And I just thought it would be kind of fun to to bring that up and see. Um, if they would be able to give me any answers. And did they? They did not. <laughs> <laughs> they said to come back to me, get back with me. So in my opinion, that means there are at least discussions. Um, in my phrasing of the question, I asked about the, you know, we're coming up on, in, in 2024, it'll be 60 years from the original launch of G.I. Joe in 1964. Um, so I mentioned, you know, is there anything in, in the works with that? So I, I think that the... The, the fact that they weren't just shutting it down is at least hope that maybe we will see a little bit of 4-inch modern architecture or maybe a 12-inch. We might not ever actually see any of them, but at least I know we know that it's it's in their brain. Like they're, they're at least thinking about it. I am not as optimistic as you about it, and I wish I could be. <laughs> you know, so I collect it all, right? I basically have a little bit of everything. And if I at this exact moment, if I had to say what part of the G.I. Joe toy line are you still the most like into? It's the modern line. The modern line just continues to speak to me on a level that's the scale that I like with more added detail, still very good posability, fun to play out of the box. The highs and lows of modern collecting is 
borderline abuse because the high end stuff is extremely high end, almost untouchable at some points. And but the low end stuff, while it may not be everybody's favorite figure, there is still a lot of low end stuff that's very accessible. I mean, if you went to an average con and were looking at modern figures, you could find plenty of stuff that's under ten bucks and probably still complete. So it's it's a give and a take. There's lots of great stuff out there at a very affordable price. There's also lots of great stuff out there that will cost you a small arm and a leg. <laughs> a small arm and a leg. That's the only one I got. My, you can't have my long arm and my long leg. I need that from walking and talking. But so anyway, to hear them, I, I take it more as like this. They don't want to shut the door on anything, right? Anything yeah. is a potential investment. And you're talking to a guy that two years ago said, hey, man, I heard that there's no way they're going to bring O-rings back, that they destroyed all the molds and they weren't going to get into it. And they basically said yeah. that publicly. And now here we are. We've, <laughs> For the first time ever, we've basically seen a, a true like reignited spark for O-ring figures that I hope continues, but not at the expense of the modern line, frankly. We'll talk more about this on a later episode, but I have definitely been dipping my toes in other other water bodies of water to kind of fulfill that need I have for modern Mm-mm. figures. And Cheating on Joe. I don't have time to talk about it at length right now, but I will say just uh, I want to give a very special shout out to the guys at the Eagle Force line. They are scratching an itch that has been bothering me for a very long time. And I'm completely it's actually pretty difficult for me to be attracted to a non G.I. Joe licensed line. I'm just that's just what I am. I collect G.I. Joe and it's all about G.I. Joe. And if I buy anything else that's a toy, you better believe. It, I bought it because I want to br- bring it into my G.I. Joe universe. And if I can't do that, I probably won't buy it. Those figures are phenomenal, by the way. Like- I want to go into it in much more detail. I really want to give these guys the praise that they deserve. And we, in a future episode, we're going to kind of buckle down and talk a little bit about uh, Eagle Force. And I want to talk about Colson Longbow. I want to talk about Valiverse stuff. Just we've been picking up a lot of out-of-the-box stuff that we don't talk about a lot. And I want to give these guys their dues. But they'll have to wait for another episode because we have got to talk about... Recent Acquisitions. Welcome to Recent Acquisitions, where we buy things and then tell you we bought them. Yep. Uh, wow. That's a tagline that I never, I didn't know we needed. Um <laughs> Just to really explain what we're doing here. You know, it's been quite a while since Sharon and I have sat down and recorded a regular episode. And I won't say I've been going crazy, but I've bought a pretty good, you know, lot of stuff just across the board. I did buy Eagle Force stuff. I did buy Colson Logbow. I did buy the After Action Report Volume 2. And I've been buying, like, they've got some Lightyear toys out now that are pretty darn compatible. I've been picking that stuff up. But... Just in terms of Hasbro stuff that I've bought recently, uh, the stuff that I want to talk about, I got three kind of like categories and I'll just brush right through them and then we'll get into your stuff. I've been obsessed quite a bit and you know, you'll know this from past episodes. I've been pretty obsessed with the tiny play sets from like 82 to 85 that were coming out. Mm -hmm. And I've made a lot of progress. I mean, I've actually made a considerable amount of progress enough that I can probably mark off first two or three years completely Um, i actually had to sit down make a checklist bag these things up because there's so many little moving parts with these sets i did pick up a forward observer unit which is complete and i also picked up a cobra rifle range which was complete i had incomplete versions of both of these and it just is almost always easier to just try to find a complete one and just pull the trigger and then merge what you got and 
get rid of them. I've recently, I've actually got so many extra little bibs and bobs from these things like barrels and barriers and ladders and whatnot that if you put all that (laughs) stuff together and just, and you have extras, you just kind of add those extras to it and it gives it an even more Daorama-ish feel. I've made a significant progress. I mean, like my first, like probably three, maybe even four years of G.I. Joe vehicle collecting is really coming to a head. It's coming down to just like the big boys, a couple of other vehicles that I just need to get a few parts for. But progress continues, albeit slowly. I'm still working my way through it. My second thing that I got was I scored a lot of figures from a guy on eBay. I've recently been kind of very passively looking at carded, figures from the late end of the vintage run because those figures are considerably less desirable and are pretty darn affordable all things considered so i bought a 1993 duke that's the battle Corps years if you're not familiar with uh, and i got a 1993 stalker also battle Corps. is that is that duke the one with like the red camo tan no this is the camo? one this is the one after that he still has that okay. tan vibe but he has like a brown brown patches okay. around uh, actually a very good duke figure in my opinion uh just an outfit that doesn't get used because his classic suit is so iconic it was one of those things they used for just a just a little bit in the comic and then they steered him back towards the original gotcha. um i got i got a battle Corps stalker i got the battle Corps major blood and i got the a battle Corps gung-ho and a battle Corps dr mindbender i got all five of those uh on card all in pretty darn good shape for about a hundred dollars. So yeah, that breaks down to just about 25 bucks per figure. And I'm going to take an educated guess and say 25 bucks a figure is probably what it would cost you to buy a loose complete one. So, and I have no, (laughs) I have no objective with these. I was just like, man, I'd like to get some carded figures, but I can't afford any of the really good ones. (laughs) So let me see what's going on at the other end of the spectrum. And I thought, man, these are, these are cheap enough that it almost doesn't matter what they are. If, if it is a vintage G.I. Joe on card for you know, under $30, yeah, I'll take it, man. And another, you know, you look back in another 20, 30 years, just like we are now, that stuff could be worth significantly more. But I thought it would be cool to have and kind of like have them decorated up or maybe even hanging in a protective case just to kind of like look like the old toy stores. I know a lot of that people like cool. to do that. So I'm really happy with that. And I've already got a very, very small handful of late era carded figures that I've randomly come across. I have, Again, I'm not collecting anybody in specific. I'll just be looking around and I'll go, oh, here, here here's Gristle for $30. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> You know, that's more of a, when I have a little bit more disposable income, it's kind of the stuff I'm looking at. That deal, but that deal almost fell on my lap, so. And the last thing that I bought was something that has been on my wish list for a very, very, very long time. And honestly, not something I thought I was ever going to get, but I did. You might remember several episodes ago, maybe earlier this year or late last year, I talked about, I finally found a Tiger Force Outback. I mean, the most desired international figure for me and for many others, I'm sure. Maybe maybe not the rarest, but certainly one of the most unique. And Outback is a very, very, very high-ranking Joe in my list. It's a figure that I've wanted pretty much forever. I remember wanting it when, as a young child, well, like when I first learned about international figures. I think I picked up one of the Action Force magazines I don't that was over in the States. Not on a news rack or something. It was in a comic book store. And it's like him and Psych Out are off on a mission together. And I read it and was like, why does he have white hair? And look at that shirt. That led me down that rabbit hole to find that figure. But, I mean, it took me 20 years to get it, basically. 
And this figure is probably would probably be my runner-up. International figures is a whole other cup of soup that you got to really have deep pockets to get into. Okay, I guess I've teased it long enough. The international figure that I picked up was a Scorpio Vorador, which loosely translates into Flying Scorpion. And if you're a modern era or a con attendee, you might remember that they Americanized this figure for the modern line and put him in the um, the Sky Patrol set. He's part of the villains that come with that. They took a lot of these Brazilian figures and translated their names and then made very good faithful adaptations of them i don't just love this figure i love this character they're using the cesspool mold but he's a black man instead of a white man and I, the mark of a great international figure in my opinion is when it is essentially almost unrecognizable from the parts that they use because there are no new parts in there they're just taking old bolts and trying new stuff it's not a complete flying scorpion but it is unbroken which was very important to me it only comes with one of the small guns and i actually have a feeling that that's probably wasn't with him originally it was from another figure that's fine i don't care i did not think i would ever get this figure and so and having it unbroken was really the only thing that i had set my sights on i think i got this guy for about 180 dollars not a small price point i acknowledge but a pretty good price point for an unbroken version of this so yeah i'm extremely happy with it uh i wish i had the name of that guy that sold it to me robson i believe was his first name Uh, anyway Really nice dude, is an international gentleman himself, an international collector. So we talked a little bit about our stuff. I showed him my collection. He showed me stuff that he had been picking up with. I guess he does a lot of reselling of international figures. Was was a really nice guy. Is a really great figure. Was shipped really well. I'm very, very pleased to add it to my collection. And you know, I, this probably comes up almost every episode, but I love underrated characters. And I can't think of a more underrated character than <laughs> a character that was designed and sold only internationally. Never, never featured in a hardly anything in the States. That's just another beautiful blank slate for old Greggy to start overriding once he gets his hands on it. And this is no exception. I, this figure is, it rocks. I'm going to, I got to get a nice little case for him and I'll set him up with my other MVPs. But yeah, try not to get too many more international figures. Uh, there are some, still some gems out there, but those two figures were the figures that basically my whole life I've always in my back of my head been like, man, I would really love to have that. And now I have big deal for me. I mean, like, Two, two solid figures that I love very much. That concludes the like highlight reel of my recent acquisitions. Jaron, why don't you tell me what you've been up to? I, I've been a lot more chill. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we've mentioned it a few times. I'm doing a basement renovation. That's why my background looks a lot, uh, a lot simpler. This is something that, uh, you know, I just threw up a few of my figures that I like. I have two... My, I have my two different types of acquisitions. I have my classified and my non-classified. I'm going to start with classified, um, just because that's where most of it is. Got just today, thanks to you, got a Crocmaster. Already absolutely love that figure. I think I say it every time I get a new one. One of my favorites in the line. <laughs> but just all the different accessories, the two little baby alligators, and then Fiona with them. Um, and then just the fact that he is such a... He's a great mix of a faithful adaptation, but also just moving it a little forward. Um, there's a lot of little quality of life things that I think that they added that make it make a little bit more sense. Um, I got my spirit, spirit and freedom. Another great figure. Absolutely love that figure. Really cool. If you go to our Instagram, you'll see I've already posted a picture of it. I picked up a few more bats and one more alley viper. They keep going in stock on Amazon. So if you're looking for those figures, if you don't have them, check Amazon. Just go down to other sellers. Sellers. That's where I've been finding luck on them. Finding them at that $25 price point. They always just say they're coming in a little bit later. So two weeks or so, roughly. But they always come in earlier than whatever the ETA. 
to add on to that real quick, that heavy artillery roadblock has been popping up and popping out. So, I mean, you never know if you need it. Just keep an eyeball on it. Yeah, Amazon's been great lately. I've, I've been able to, I just ordered another Crockmaster the other day. I ordered another heavy artillery roadblock, which I actually got in. That was another one of my acquisitions. And then I got a... A few more bats and Alley Viper. Um, and I, you don't sound like somebody that's cleaning out your collection. Yeah. <laughs> Not classified stone count. <laughs> uh, I see. Yeah, they just keep getting added on, and you don't look at all the stuff that's in, you know, my Sky Striker and all the stuff that's just unfortunately sitting in storage right now. I bought a <laughs> whale at, uh, what was it, Winterfest, and it's been sitting in storage since Winterfest, so very disappointed about that. But it will eventually see the light of day again. With with <laughs> Kentucky Anna coming up at the end of the month, uh, I got to really start making a wish list of things that I'm looking for. I need to at least pick like a handful of vehicles and really document what's missing because I had a tremendous amount of luck with Greg number two's place, Lost and Found Toys. He like really organizes <laughs> all those spare parts. So I'm optimistic that if I take the time and do the diligence of what I need, I'll be able to score a great deal. Look, really looking forward to seeing those guys again. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. They, the fact that they go through and actually sort it is so amazing. I, I wish I had everything out so that I could go through that, but I'm not I'm not climbing through storage to look at it and then probably break stuff and then put it back in storage and break stuff. <laughs> um, I'll just I'll I'll wait. <laughs> I'll play the waiting game. How much how much longer do you have before your uh, your basement area will be completed? I'm at the the waiting game. It's this one gas guy. He's supposed to move a gas line and that is what everything is waiting for. As uh-huh. soon as he's done with that, I can finish the the whatever those windows are where kids can escape. <laughs> uh, those windows i've got to get finished all windows are windows that kids can escape from <laughs> <laughs> that's true not the ones that are in now that's the problem <laughs> well let me introduce you to my second child tunnel rat <laughs> can, can, uh, can find a way out anyway oh okay sorry i, I kind of cut into that do you did you have anything else um the the non-classified pickups is i got a lift ticket i was messing around on facebook marketplace one day just scrolling through saw a lift ticket did a good price bought it Nothing glamorous, but I didn't get a lift ticket, so now I have a lift ticket. You have a very nice tomahawk, so it's yep. It's important that you have a nice lift ticket as well. I assume he does not have his microphone? No. Yeah, that's okay. I can find you a good repro one if you want one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I absolutely do not care. I don't know if I own any original microphones on my vintage line. They're so easily lost. They're so expensive. I'm just like, just repro it or yep. forget it. I'll, or I'll just forget that he came with it all together. All right. Well... Man, it's good to be back on the grind. I really miss this. You know what? I totally forgot, but I want to give a special thanks to Joel from Order of Battle for filling in while Jaron was off. I had a tremendous amount of fun talking to him. And we are going to record the second half of the best modern figures of all time, but it will probably will be a little bit before it comes out unless we put it out as a special episode because in two short weeks, we'll be back with Cobra Convergence 6. That's right. We are official participants this year. We're not just shoehorning our way in like we normally do to these <laughs> events. We were actually officially invited, and we are very. That's uh, we are also extremely excited and proud to be part of this event this year. We've been working on something very special, which I unfortunately gave the reins to Jaron. So the topic will not disappoint everybody. <laughs> Everyone will love it. Uh, but we're, well, we're some people will. We're working on that right now. We're going to put the finishing touches on it, and then we'll get ready to go. It'll be up on the 20th of July, 2022. So if you're listening to this within a two-week period, first of all, thanks, first responders. And second of all, we'll see you on the 20th. 
with an, uh, an exciting video that we've been planning for almost not half of the year at this point. We've been kind of brainstorming on it. And that's it. We'll see you then in two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joe's.